Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, friends. I got to be real honest with everybody. Today was the last day of this job. I just want to say that I am vibing. Yeah, you're giving like full last day of school energy. I am vibing so incredibly hard. As you know, I have a medical marijuana license and I was like, if there ever was a time. Oh, you meant you're high. Oh, yeah. I'm high. Yeah. I thought you just meant like you were fucking chilling, man. No, I mean, I'm actually high. And I feel great. And you feel great. And everybody feels great. Everyone's feeling good. We're chatting with Kim Ritberg from the Mom's Exit Interview podcast. We had a super fun conversation with her on her show and a super fun one on ours, so we can't wait to have you listen. And as always, we have hashtag swag bag, but up next, take it away, kid. The tits and the sit. Can I go first? Please do. Today was my last day teaching at the summer camp that I was teaching at. It's been a mixed bag. Today sort of made me feel good about the whole experience. I'm still processing, but I had these kids do this exercise that is the Saturday Night Live exercise, like three in a door, four in a door. Do you know that exercise? No. It's what the Saturday Night Live audition is. So you just like walk in the door and you immediately are one character. And oh, then you the leave. character thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've seen it. Because you haven't you seen like the best of SNL auditions or whatever? Of course I have. You know I'm an SNL obsessed person. I know. So anyway, these kids, oh my God, this one kid. Is it my kid? My favorite kid? Yes. He did an Australian accent. Was good it good? One. It was like a pretty good one. He did an old lady with a crookedy back and then he like came out as himself and was like my back actually hurt it was hysterical and a lot of the kids are really good at improv I feel like kids naturally are because they have no filter yes but some kids just aren't quick at the uptake so they're like oh yeah. I like this tie what's your name <laughs> some kids are just a little bit more adding to the drama and the parents came up to me and were like, our kid couldn't stop talking about you. And oh. not that that's why I'm doing this job. But it's gratifying. It, it tells you you're doing a good job. I can understand why that's important. You know, and, and I don't know, as a person who's thinking about a career change, as a person who is still trying to find her way post-baby and in a relationship and all this stuff, it just felt really good to remember that I'm good at something. Yeah. And also, like, I have nothing else to do this summer except this full-time job. Right. So that's my tits. And my shits are just, oh God, this is definitely a I'm vibing answer. <laughs> when you really get down to it and you look at the beauty, there's pain right behind it, man. All Right, Cheech. Anyway, I was walking around my garden and like appreciating how everything was awesome and it looked beautiful. Just every layer of this, <laughs> it just makes it worse. But if you look below the layer of everything beautiful, I found like a dead beetle. I found like a, a tiny bird fetus. And I was like, man, nature is cruel. When you open your body up to the unknown, shit gets weird. Space is crazy. I mean, are you seeing these pictures that are coming out with this new telescope? They are blowing my mind. You don't even need to be vibing to to feel that. And I just listened to this guy who like studies the weather. He works for NASA and the government, but he specifically is a physicist that studies a chemical component of it. So anyway, he was saying that instead of asking, do you think that there's extraterrestrials? You should just ask, do you think that the climate and the pH of the planet can have something living? And so he was talking about there's really only two 
possible places they could search for life. And I was just like, oh man, space. But that was pre this telescope thing because now they're seeing so many more galaxies. Right. But they're also receiving a signal that they can't tell where it's coming from. And it's a heartbeat. Yeah. There's like a pattern to the sound. Space. Space, man. Anyway. Okay. Now it's about you. Okay. My shits are the newest thing I'm panicking about is this whole nuclear bomb, New York City. I I told you I bought iodine. I know. Honestly, I can't even like open this up to too much discussion because I cannot handle it. It really, really, really freaks me out more than anything in the world. And then, of course, the video came up on TikTok and someone was like, oh, this guy, I always think he's full of shit. And then two to three months later, what he predicts happens. And I like went to his page and it was all doom and gloom. And I was like, get out, get out, get out. So one time when Luna was like literally two months old, it was winter and Lee and I were like hunkered down and watching TV. And I think we had put her to bed and we look out and the sky is like the craziest color. It was like fiery and there was flames and everyone was looking out and people on the street in Brooklyn were like, what the fuck is happening? Oh my God, what's going to happen? And then I was on that, like, what's that crime app? Oh, Citizen. I was on Citizen and finally we found out that in Astoria, some like... Do you remember chemical factory caught on fire? So it was shooting up crazy colors. But during it, it was so crazy. Lee and I took our baby and we're like, what do we do? I'll get the baby. You get back in. We're like, is this what it's like? And he's like, I don't know. I I don't think this is what it would be like. I videotaped it. I called my mom. I would say I was 85% sure that that was a nuclear attack. I mean, this is not as severe, but I remember year, like at least 10 years ago. And I'm sure you'll remember this. There was a night where the city smelt like waffles. Yes, I remember that. Everyone was freaking out and they were like, why does it smell like waffles? Because at first I was like, am I having a heart attack? But like instead of smelling toast, I'm smelling waffles. Apparently it was like some factory fire or something. But I was like, the fuck is this? But also it would be really nice if New York smelled like that in the summer instead of old milk and hot pee. Okay, so those are my shits. My tits are, yesterday was Sebastian's fifth birthday. We had the day before, I took him on a last day of four date and we went to go have sushi because he really likes sushi. Everything you just said is so fucking cute. He he was like, I want original sushi, which is California rolls. And I was like, okay. And he ate all my tuna sashimi. He ate my whole seaweed salad. I got him a giant bowl of ice cream. He was like very, very happy. We had a little love fest. And then for his birthday, we were like, oh, we're so excited for your birthday party at school. I got your cupcakes. I got your party bags. I got all that stuff. But what he didn't know was that we were planning on surprising him with a trip to Legoland. He woke up in the morning, he opened his presents, and then we had like set up a whole little thing with his little Legos, and his Legos were just chilling by the door with a note that said, we're lost, can you help us get back to Legoland today? You didn't tell me you did that! We parked and the whole time I was texting my dad and we get out of the car and I'm like, oh, Sebi, look how funny, that guy looks like Poppy. And he looked and he was like, yeah, yeah, and like ready to go in and I go, oh my god, Sebi, I think that is Poppy. And so my dad came over Sebastian was really happy oh and my god we really just had like a really nice day Legoland is very cute I was a big 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 Lego kid and like Sebastian's into it now and I wish Luna was give her time yeah I just want to take over and like push him out of the way and play with the Legos myself but Matt told me today there is an office Lego set coming out and I think I'm gonna buy that for myself I almost got it for you as a present I saw you could pre-order it I saw I'm it. sure it's like 150 bucks or something no, it's, not, it's not that bad yet it's not you know I'm going like on Tuesday so that's crazy I know they have the coolest Lego 
sets, like a Titanic set that is so gigantic. It's like a thousand pieces or something. And it costs like $600. Just like amazing stuff. Legoland was super fun. Not that busy. The most we waited was like 20 minutes online. That's not too bad. No. And that was very rare. I mean, compared to going to like Disneyland where you wait for hours for a ride. We have our first Disney trip and I don't know how that's going to happen. Yeah. With Luna has zero patience. So I'm not really. Well, they have fast pass. No, they don't have it anymore. Now you have to make reservations. They don't do fast pass anymore. It's the same thing. So I went when they had this reservation system. The thing is, it opens like six months ahead of time. There's like a whole thing with Disney. Like Disney is on one hand so stressful for me. On the other hand, like a wet dream because I get to plan it so hard. Right. But this wasn't anything like that. The only thing is it's hot as shit and there is no shade anywhere. There's like one water ride. That's the good thing about Sesame Place, which we should go, is there's a big water park. Sebastian doesn't care for Sesame Street. I've always wanted him to. Even when he was a baby, 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 we tried to get him into it. Not a Sesame Street kid. See, I feel like even though Luna's outgrown Sesame Street a little bit, she still would like it. I've never been and I wanted to take him. You know, it just felt like after years of my child being deprived of a normal childhood. His birthday, like, finally was the thing where, like, you know, we had COVID less than a month ago or about a month ago, so I was like, fuck it, we don't need to wear masks. I don't know when this runs out, but, like, yeah. let's take advantage of this. And maybe I was wrong because BA5, who knows, but I was just like, we're just gonna do this day in a normal world. It's sort of like when I used to, like, take the calculated risk to have unprotected sex. Yes. It's similar to when you make the decision. You're like, now I know I'm probably shouldn't, but I'm making this calculated risk because I just want to feel alive for one second. I mean, yeah. Like, like you and I have talked about, like, our kids going to malls for the first time, not really going to movies, like, not having any understanding of what that life is, and I finally got to give it to him, and it felt so nice. He was so happy. You know, we say this every year, like, oh, now he's gonna remember his birthday, but I think this may have been the real first birthday he's really gonna remember. Yeah, the real deal. And I'm happy that, you know, we did our birthday parade in the morning. We did all the usual things and then, like, took it up a notch. Then at the end of the day, he goes, Mama, you know, you didn't buy me very many presents. And I was like, you little shit. You're like, this fucking day, do you know how much it cost me (laughs) for reals? I was like, lunch alone was $80 for everybody. And that was that we shared food. Oh, my God. For Disney World. Scared. Oh, few things about Legoland. You can bring your water bottle. Okay, good. They have refill stations all over. This is like a hot tip. I know. Well, I just went yesterday. You're going in a few days. Bring your water bottle. They have like Disney where you buy the cup for like $19 and you can go to every Coke area. But like we're not soda people. I know you're not either. Luna is such not a soda person that the other day when she came home from school and mentioned they did a science experiment, she said with Coca Caca. She like couldn't say. It. She's like with the Coca Caca. I was like, what? Download the Legoland app, okay. Legoland New York app, because it'll tell you all the wait times for the rides. So you can kind of like strategically plan Ugh. which one you're going to and which lane. It's not stressful. It's not. I'm going to make Cassandra. This is a Cassandra thing. Legoland is probably the most low maintenance stress amusement park I've ever been to. Like less than Great Adventure, less than Disney, less than Universal, because it was so empty. And we went on a Thursday. You're going on a Tuesday. You're going to yeah, be fine. Yeah. But it's just good to know like, oh, maybe we'll wait on this one because it's a 20-minute wait as opposed to the one right next to it that's five minutes, you know? We have so many kids of different ages. I'm like, I don't know what this is going to be like. Well, and the other thing is every ride is for 
little kids. They have one big roller coaster. It does not go upside down. Sebastian went on it with me. Is that your first roller coaster together? Well, it's his first roller coaster at all. Well, yeah, but I mean you guys together, yeah. Yeah, and he didn't scream. He's a screamer too. Not to, he, your kid is a screamer. I know. He made this angry face. The whole I looked at him and was laughing while I'm like screaming and having fun on the roller coaster. He made the cafe grumpy face the whole time. The entire time. And my dad and Matt are behind us and they're like, is he okay? We can't see him anymore. I'm like, he's fine. He's just making an angry face. Did he like it? He loved it. So the face didn't match what was happening. Well, yeah. I think while he was on it, he was like, what is this? Why did I go on this? Because, you know, think about the first time you were on a roller coaster. I was like 11 on my first real roller coaster. I was eight when I went on the Tower of Terror with my, I was telling, oh, mm-hmm. I was telling Matt this story and Sebastian, I said, Sebastian, you handled it so well. When I was eight, I went to Disney World with Poppy and Trick and we went on Tower of Terror and I was crying, begging my parents not to bring me on. It was the scariest shit in the world. I would piss myself. Yes, it was the scariest shit in the world. I cried and then I was like, okay, we're done. And my mom was like, we're doing it again so that you don't cry. And I was like, no! Your mom is such a hard ass about that shit. Such a hard ass. Yes, like you're going to get over your fear and work through it. And you know what? I do appreciate it. I feel like it shaped things. I remember I went to the Tower of Terror the first like month it was open. I know, that's when I went. And it was like a different setting. Evidently, they changed either the order of the drop or the difference of the drop because ours was too hardcore, just like everything in the 80s and 90s. And also, now it's Guardians of the Galaxy, the ride. Not Tower of Terror? No, but it's the same, it's the same like concept, like you drop, but it's a Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Well, fuck that shit. They changed everything at MGM. MGM is like all Star Wars... Toy Story World, like stuff. I think Toy Story World is there. Or maybe that was Toontown. I don't know. Luna's never even seen Toy Story. Oh, well, get her on that. Toy Story's great. Remember, Sebastian went through that little phase. I know. All right, guys. Enjoy our conversation with Kim Ripberg. Today's guest is a creative executive producer in TV and video, a digital video strategy expert, an on-camera media coach, a public speaker, and now a Webby nominee. She's worked with incredible brands including Us Weekly, Netflix, Pop Sugar, People Magazine, Bloomingdale's, Olay, Walgreens, Kia, and it gets better. But it's her brand new podcast, Mom's Exit Interview, that brings her here today. Welcome, Kim Ripberg. Hi, Kim. I love you. That was the greatest intro of all time. Doesn't it make you feel good when you hear yourself? I love it. You're like, ooh, I, that's me? Cool. I'm like, I know that came off of my website, but wow. <laughs> Thank you. So you've accomplished so, so much in your career, if you can't tell from the bio, everybody. So can you give us kind of like a quick summary of all the different things you've done, your work trajectory, all that fun stuff? I'm going to give you every internship I ever had. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Penn. I studied communication, a degree I actually did end up using. Like some old, you know, older friend of mine, older, meaning one year older, she's like, you should study communication. People get jobs with that. I said, okay. Seems legit. Yeah. (laughs) And that's my whole career was from that. After college, I actually traveled around the world for a year by myself. And then I got back and I was like, okay, I'm going to work. I worked in TV for about nine years as a news producer and writer. So I was covering hard news and entertainment. So I was that hand behind the camera for red carpets, just the bad 
badly manicured hand with a cube on a microphone. And I did breaking news as well. And so I did that for about nine years. And then I shifted into long form TV where I was writing and producing more fun lifestyle content like the fabulous life of Justin Bieber. Amazing. And yeah, from there, I I knew I wanted to go into digital. I love TV. I loved writing, getting paid to be creative. And then I saw digital was coming. And so I was like, I want to be in on this. Like, how do I get in on this? And I had a friend who worked at Us Weekly and I like begged her for an interview with the editor-in-chief. Wow, that's a good friend. Yeah. Rebecca is one of the best people in the world. She's amazing. She introduced me and I went into this person's office. I was like, you have this great brand and you're really not doing any video. I can make video happen for you. That was ballsy. So ballsy. Young me, younger me was so ballsy. And then... I didn't get hired, but then a year later I did get hired. And so I launched Just Weekly's video unit. I was five months pregnant when I started. I had a team of two. I got back from my maternity leave. We brought on a bunch of projects and then we grew to 10 people and then 18 people within a year. So you birthed two things. That's exactly how I thought of it. Everyone was like, your baby Lily and your baby Us Weekly. And there I was. It was when the blinds are down, don't come around because Kim's pumping in the office. And it was a crazy time. Like we grew so much and we were doing amazing. And it was it was just such an amazing career highlight. And then should I get to the bad part now? Yeah, get to it. We want to hear all of it. We love the bad parts because it makes you grow. So I had this amazing team who were super committed and just, they loved me. I loved them and all the peers were great. And then dun, 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 we are getting acquired. And so I'm pregnant with my second kid. I don't get fired. My team doesn't get fired. But already at this point, it was very messy. It was just really horrible. And I felt like, oh man, I had this career peak that I thought was so amazing. And I don't know, the trophy just wasn't that shiny. It was very disappointing. I was giving birth to my second child and I just really had this realization that I need to take back control. And that just started getting me on this journey of thinking about, is there a different way to situate my career, my life, my work, and how it combines itself? And so that sort of struck me on this journey, which led me to Mom's Exit Interview Podcast. I mean, it's a hell of a journey and it it makes perfect sense. There's also this statistic, it's like nearly 2 million American moms left the workforce during the pandemic, either were forced out or left by choice. And I'm sure this is a huge talking point on your podcast, but it's been really interesting to see what moms are doing in this time. So it's incredible that you started the show. As I started thinking about, is there a different way to work? I started looking for other moms and being like, what's she doing? What are they doing? What does this look like outside the nine to five? And I didn't feel like I had a ton of resources. And I started sort of doing it on my own and started networking. But the more I got into this world, I realized there's all these inspirational moms doing incredible things outside the nine to five. Entrepreneurs, consultants, part-time, stay-at-home moms with side hustles. And I felt like they were onto something. You know, they're they're making the working world work for them. They're finding fulfillment professionally and personally on their own terms. Like that is what I wanted. And so once I realized it wasn't out there, I started thinking, oh, can I make that? You know, I'm a, I'm a content creator. Should I be making this? And so- Oh, I love that. When I made the podcast, every episode is the story of a mom doing something inspirational across different 
industries, different levels, and then an expert with tips. Oh, that's fun. Thank you. I really want to make it actionable. You know, I come from news and from producing where I want someone to walk away and think, hmm, I can do this. I can do this too. I can find support. I have resources. And so that was really my goal with the podcast. I was studying psychology of choice at one point, and they were talking about like, what's the process in finally deciding to do something? And so they talked about it takes like three months of just thinking about it and not speaking it. It takes another two months of talking about it loosely outside of your own mind. It takes three more months of further contemplation that involves research. And it was like, this is how long it takes to actually pull the trigger and make a decisive choice. It was so interesting because it's like what you were talking about. You knew you wanted to work for yourself, but lots of times it's not just like, and then she did it. It takes almost a year, maybe not even totally, almost a year of all of these actual psychological steps that have been studied before someone might be ready. And again, that's a big might. It's like, do they take the final step? The final step is the one where a lot of people get lost in the process of doing it. But it's not like a automatic thing unless you're just hurled into something. I totally agree. And one of the things we talk about on the show is giving listeners the tools that they need. And for some people, it's leadership coaching. So we have like a leadership coach on one episode. Another one, it's business development. Like, how do you find clients? And then we have on one episode, Gretchen Rubin, the happiness expert. And she has like real tips on how to be happier in each day. Not lofty goals, but like what things can you do? And so I think that what you're onto is totally right. And I also think for Mom's Exit Interview, it is all about moms outside the traditional nine to five. But I think that oh, a mom who's working in a corporate experience and they're pushing to make it work better for them are empowered and they should be listening and thinking about how they can make the working world work better for them, whether that's work from home Fridays or, you know, a shortened work week or part time or just anything that they're doing that pushes it a little more to gain more control and to gain more fulfillment. I think that's what it's about. So, you know, I think non-traditional nine to five is, I think, very inspirational and a lot of moms are looking at that now, but all moms should be saying, how can I make this work better for me? Truthfully, like how much staff or help do you have both professionally and in your home to be able to do these things. If you have the means, what is your breakdown of help? Sure. So the one thing that I have always been religious to, not just as a mom, when we're more conscious of our time, when I was 24 and earning $4 an hour working in TV, I had three roommates. My bed hit three walls. If you buzz the doorbell, the actual door frame might crumble. Like I had no money. We still chipped in for a cleaning person every two weeks. That's a task I'm not good at, get no enjoyment out of, and is not a good use of my time. Right. Agreed. I have a babysitter nanny. My husband works and he travels. I work when I was working in an office, it was like 45, 50, 60, 70 hour weeks traveling. Like it was a lot, but I still work. I still work. I'm still working full time. So we have a babysitter nanny who I love and we are very appreciative of, and we let her know that we're very appreciative of her. I used to be a celebrity nanny. So I wish that some of the celebrities that I was babysitting for when they won their daytime Emmy or whatever would thank me because I was the one that was sick with their kids while they were filming Grey's Anatomy. Definitely. I'm so appreciative of her help. We do need the help. And I 
do like that people are more honest about it. I don't pretend to do everything. I'm not everything. Yeah, it puts this fake pretense on things. And that's why I wanted to ask you specifically this question, because I feel like I'm drowning. I'm curious how somebody who's successfully doing all these things, who's helping you work-wise get all these things done? Here's the other thing. Carrie and I are in the process of starting a new thing. And I have never started a business in the right way, in the right steps. So I've been taking this course to do all of those things, because frankly, that's not my my expertise. And all these courses say, I'm going to give you a way to make this much money with less work. But I just, I refuse to sit here and believe that somebody like you, who's so successful, who has accomplished so much, is only working 20 hours a week. So what tools do you have in your toolbox professionally that help you accomplish all the things that you need to get done? That's one of the questions that I also take and use on Mom's Exit Interview podcast. So A, I also do not have all the answers. I feel like I'm in your boat where I'm trying to level up each year. For me personally, I have scaled up this year by using one of those calendars where people can book. It's just one less step. Honestly, I worked with my own website that I made by myself on Squarespace for the first two years of my business. And I still made a lot of money. You don't need a Calendly scheduler until you're having a lot of people reaching out. Until then, you don't need that. Some of it is being kind to yourself and saying, okay, these are the things I need and these are the things I want. And the things you want maybe can wait six months. Maybe they can wait nine months. Like if you are satisfied with your professional situation, be kinder to yourself. Kim, this has been one of the most informative interviews, I would say. I'm very excited about listening to Mom's Exit interview. It's right up my alley. Plug yourself, plug the show, plug all your services, tell everyone where they can find you, all that good stuff. So it is Mom's Exit interview and you could find it wherever you get your podcasts. We also have a website, momsexitinterview.com, has a lot of other resources. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm Kim Rittberg, A-I-M-R-I-T-T-B-E-R-G. Squarespace.com also, feel free to listen, feel free to follow us. Thank you guys for having me. I'm so excited about the podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you. This was so, so fun. Hashtag swag bag. All right, this week's hashtag swag bag pick from me. Before I tell you what it is, I'm going to give you a little context. So I remember when I first started shaving my legs, my mom was like, don't shave above the knee. Did Linda tell you that too? Yeah. She was like, don't shave above the knee. There's no knee. You don't grow hair and then it'll just get thicker. Right. Well, every time you shave, it's just going to get thicker and coarser and darker. Don't shave above your knee. And I was like, okay. So for a bunch of years, I didn't. And then I was like, this is weird. And none of my friends stop shaving at their (laughs) knee. So I'm going to shave above the knee. But now that I'm older, like I hate having like blonde hairs on my like thighs, you know, for like, the weekly shaves I do up to the knee and every once in a while I'll do past the knee but something that started to happen is I'm getting like these like funny ingrowns on like the back of my thighs that turn into like I pick at them and then they turn into scars and then I get like back knee because of I use thick conditioner like all these different things and I was like there's got to be a solution to this. So I found Naturium Perfector Salicylic Acid Skin Smoothing Body Wash. Ooh, that's a mouthful. But I figured, oh, I'll try it. Like, I'm not one to spend $13.99 on body wash ever, but I was like, you know, like there's some things I'm willing to spend a lot of money on. You were like, treat yourself. <laughs> I gotta tell you, it's been making a huge difference. That means it probably also work. You know how the people have what they call chicken skin yes. behind their arms? Yes. I bet you it would do the same thing because that's like 
some like sebaceous gland. Yeah, right. Exactly. I don't have that. I've never had that. But if you do have that, it's worth trying. It's $13.99. I get it at Target. I think Target like exclusively carries Naturium. I was going to say, I don't think I've ever, it's the organic version of a brand. No, I think it's like more of like an organic-y type skincare brand. Yeah, I've never seen it anywhere else. Yeah, me neither. And I've tried different face products from them and haven't really loved anything. But I really do like this body wash. And for the summer where you're showing more skin, I think it's like really great. I'll probably use it forever now. Even in the winter? Yeah, it doesn't like dry me out. It's not like my skin feels any drier or anything, which is something that often happens when you are using something where the active ingredient is salicylic acid. But yeah, go check it out. $13.99. And if you have your Target debit card or Target credit card like I do, you get 5% off all your orders and free shipping. God bless. We are not sponsored by Target, but we would love to be. Please, anyone at Target, please reach out. So my hashtag swag bag is the Fenty. And this is only my second Fenty product. The first Fenty product is the pressed powder that you bought and I just Mm, copied off you. But um, it's... TikTok made me buy this. Fenty Beauty by Rihanna Poutsicle Hydrating Lip Stain. I saw it on TikTok from a bunch of different beauty people. I got the color Mai Tai and it goes on and it stains. And at first I was like really nervous because the Mai Tai color is like very bright. Mm -hmm. And within a couple of minutes, it absorbed into like the perfect bit lip. Oh. And it's a stain. So it lasts. Yeah, I had it for like, I don't know, five hours. I put chapstick over it and it's still looked like my actual lip color was just the most perfect lip color there was. And then you know how some of those long lasting stains, they kind of like make your lips dry out a little bit? Yes. This was not like that. It also is like if mint and coconut had a baby. So it comes in like a fine glass of wine. The first note is vanilla-y and then the second note is mint. And it really does like plump your lips. I don't want any of those notes in my wine personally. No, and your lip gloss. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was making a metaphor, Ashley. Thank you. Well, guys, it's been a vibe. Precarious has been. <laughs> but I've been along for the ride. My bangs look like waiting for Guffman. We're going to let you guys go. We love you. Have a good week and stay safe. Space, guys. Space. Space, space man. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe or follow. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all at Momtourage Podcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is a Cafe Mom podcast written and produced by Ashley Heron-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at Mama Drama Band or mamadramaband.com. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.